Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Joined by Art House. He's got a lot of titles. Art, you got a lot of titles. Let's just be honest. You're the president of the World Affairs Council of Connecticut, though, and the Global Security Forum is this Friday. And first of all, where is it? It's a Goodwin University in East Hartford. Oh, nice. A great spot. Yeah. Oh, right, yeah. right by the river there. And that the campus is doing great. Before we get into the event itself, you know, what, what is the organization? And like, what do you do? Sure. The World Affairs Council, in fact, it's having its 100th anniversary next year. Oh, wow. Uh, it's an organization in Connecticut that represents people interested in international relations. Terrific organization. It has the Model UN every year. It does the Global Security Forum. A lot of speakers. Uh, it was formed in order to keep people who are not in Washington or New York around the country involved in foreign affairs. Huh. And here in Connecticut, we get a lot of people. It's an educated region uh, who like to come to world affairs events. Yeah. I mean, I, I think that especially now, I mean, it's always the case. There's always something going on somewhere in the world. But, you know, with this sort of like they call it the axe. Axis of sanctioned countries or whatever, and obviously Ukraine is front and center. But the forum itself, what's going to happen on Friday? What's going to happen on Friday? This is the largest global security forum in the northeastern United States. And what's going to happen is that we're just going to have some of the best possible speakers. The chief of naval operations, the number one naval officer in the United States, is going to be there. Uh, on a panel I'm chairing, we've got uh, – uh, Lieutenant General Laura Potter, she's the Ch Deputy Chief of Staff for Intelligence of the Army. Uh, we've got the Air Force. We've got the uh, So there are the people who are currently serving. Currently in these serving. Currently serving. We've got the uh, uh, NATO is going to be represented by uh, Major General Henri Saint-Louis of Canada. Uh, we have academics. Uh, it's a full day of— uh, Was it like 8 to 3, I think I saw? Yeah, exactly. But what's exciting, Brian, also, which is kind of fun, is that all four of the service academies— Come. So you've got midshipmen from Annapolis, you've got cadets from West Point, you've got the Air Force Academy, and our own Coast Guard Academy are all sending their students. So my question is, in, in all honesty, like why, why, first of all, stuff that's truly privileged, they're not going to divulge, right? There's certain things they can't talk about, but wh why do the service branches want to be a part of this? They want, because, look, you do, just to, to get into that point, I was head of communications for the Director of National Intelligence. Now, you're not going to share intelligence, but you certainly want the world to know what you're doing. Right. And the, the military uh, is engaged not just in Ukraine but around the world. They want public support. They want people to understand what the issues are uh, and what they're doing, their role. 
It's, soldiers these days for a long time have not just been people who execute orders. They're people who think through strategy, talk to the diplomats, talk to the intelligence agents, talk, uh, talk to the White House, and advocate what would be a sound policy. Now, when the decision's made, they'll go execute it. They, they need to participate, and they welcome the chance to come and share with a wider audience what's going on in the world or what they think about it. So can people listening, like the average Joe or Jenny, go to this on Please, Friday? we hope they will. So how do they go about doing that? You Google World Affairs Council of Connecticut, and uh, it, it's, it's on Friday at Goodwin University, and we very much welcome. There's still some seats left. Still room for people. Yes, we do have a broad range of people from, from students to, to people who are actually working now, people who are retired. Anyone who's interested in international relations is welcome, Brian. Huh. That's so cool. And, and in terms of, you know, how will something like the conflict in Ukraine factor into the conversations on Friday? Well, funny you should ask. I'm chairing that panel. Uh, the point is that this is the first invasion of a European country uh, since World War II where you have a massive land grab. And the United States looks at it, and by and large, Americans support it, uh, but it is seen by some as being a test case for the entire international order that we created after World War II. Because now China and North Korea and Russia are sort of circling together. Exactly. Yeah. No, exactly. And for NATO, which has gone through a period of are we supporting NATO or are we not, they are very fully behind it, and they're supporting in the United States. So they see this as a test case of whether aggression and invasion can be thwarted. And so that's why they're supporting Ukraine. Can I ask you a dumb question? I want to get into no China. Well, I want to ask you more of like a – it's not a 30,000-foot question. It's more like in outer space, which is I don't understand in this contemporary world with technology and the degree of weaponry – why countries want to expand influence? Like, why does it matter? Expand influence? Yeah, like, why does China want to, like, why is there global ambitions for these countries? Like, what's the point? Well, I guess the main thing would be security. Uh, and then you, you get into... Well, you can just do great on your own territory and just, you know, have great commerce and do international trade and make your country wealthier. Like, I don't understand, like whether it's China trying to get Taiwan or whatever, like, what's the point? Well, the point is there, there are real threats. I, is that I, too I, big a question for you on a, on a too, Wednesday not morning? Too, not too big a question. You know, there, there are some people who say, how do you look at the world? Is the world a series of periods of peace interrupted by war? Or is it the reverse? Is it uh, uh, our history is war interrupted by periods of peace? Kind of sounds like the latter, isn't it, well, though? okay. But if so, you got to defend yourself. You have to manage a world order. And the United States was very reluctant to do this. We declared neutrality in World War I and World War II, and eventually were brought into both of them. Right. But after World War II, we saw we have got to, we have got to take a leadership role. Well, it hasn't worked out well for us doing that in an aggressive way. Vietnam, you know, I mean, We've made Afghanistan, you know, I mean, I'm not advocating, I'm not anti or pro any of it, but like that more proactive stance hasn't necessarily been the answer. But, you know, I just, I, I'm sort of fascinated by sort of the... The, the group think about it. And I don't have any answers. It wasn't a leading question. I truly don't know. No, I understand. And I would say that the periods post-World War II has relatively, in our history, been a period of peace, been a large economic expansion, and large benefit in the welfare of the world, the advancement of human rights and simply standards of living. We've made mistakes. I think people look back on both Iraq and Vietnam as having been mistakes. The Korean War, and we're looking at Ukraine right now, as being 
uh, things that need to be done. The United States has not been a perfect leader, but we have engaged, at least, in trying to maintain the rule of law and collective security with the support of our allies. Yeah, and it's funny when you talk to some people from other countries, especially you know, maybe underserved, they look at us still as like imperialists, even though that's, I don't disagree with what you just said. Uh, you know, I want to ask you quickly about China. We're talking with Art House. And again, he is the president of World Affairs Council of Connecticut. The Global Security Forum is at Goodwin University on Friday from 8 a.m. to 3 p.m. And the public is welcome to sign up and go. And there are still some seats available. And if you want to have conversations or listen to conversations like this one, you might want to check it out. And it's right down the road. How big a concern is China? Long term, it's huge. Uh, in China right now, you're assigned a social index number, every Chinese. Every person. Every person. There are 500 million cameras in China, Jeez. and they're not hiding them. They're on street corners. They're right, they're, they're right in front of you. Uh, your, whether you can get a mortgage, go to college, uh, get a good job, and, and so forth, is monitored by your social index so number. So Orwellian. It is Orwellian, exactly. Uh, China does not accept the international order that the United States and other, other countries created after World War II. They want to create their own order, and they, they, they oppose us on all kinds of things. The, in, the intelligence operations against both countries are massive. And, of course, there are hot points such as Taiwan. But this is a competitive, a competitive situation in the long term. Are that, we behind technologically now? No. Behind the China? Okay. No. And the, the reason I ask is we only have about a minute here, but I'm curious about how how you feel about our vulnerability to like large-scale cybersecurity like yeah. sabotage, especially at the hands of the Chinese. Yes. Well, we are vulnerable in terms of cybersecurity. Everyone is. If a human being can put something on a computer or on the Internet, another human being can penetrate it. So we have our, our utilities, our public infrastructure has been penetrated by other nation states. And we have capabilities as well in the United States. Um, however, we do have good defenses. In Connecticut, Eversource and Avon Grid have very sophisticated defenses. But across the United States, there has been penetration. The question is, how able are we to respond and recover should there be a cyber attack? In some ways, having outdated infrastructure helps us here. Because if we had a grid that was completely coordinated across the country, it would be easier to infiltrate. It's De kind of funny like that. Decentral you're absolutely right. right? Decentralization is one of our strengths. You cannot shut down the United States with one flip of the switch. You right, but which is kind of ironic because it just means we have a ton of outdated stuff. But Well, outdated but decentralized yeah. is the main point. It's yeah. not all outdated, but it is decentralized, certainly. Interesting. But so by design. By history. I don't think it's by, by design. By, by <laughs> history. History. We when, we when we electrified the United States, we did it in each separate region. Yeah. And so we're not one unified grid, although there are linkages between them. I'm not sure now I want one after listening <laughs> to this conversation. Listen, Art, it's great to have you in studio. And the conversation to me is these things, even though they're very serious, they're also delightful in the sense that I always learn from them. And if you're interested in the conversation, the Global Security Forum is at Goodwin University on Friday from 8 to 3. Where do they go again to, to get information about possibly attending? I would simply Google World Affairs Council of Connecticut. Okay. And there's a, there's a Global Security Forum is, is prominent on that website. You know, Cybersecurity Risks Associates, UConn professor, but also president of the World Affairs Council of Connecticut, Art House. Uh, we appreciate the time. Thank you so much for coming in. Oh, it's great to talk to you. Thank you for having me. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, 
they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.